Welcome to Manager Tools. Negative Feedback Pushback Examples, Part 2. This cast answers these questions. How can I overcome pushback when I give negative feedback? What are some common examples of feedback pushback? How should I handle negative responses to negative feedback? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Here we go. Do you ever wish things were simple? That somebody would just tell you what to do and when to do it and just how to do it so you didn't have to think? So there was one fewer thing you had to think about. I do, and I think you probably do too. So why not use Roadmap? It's part of the Manager Tools app. It tells you exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, of rolling out the Trinity, and then keeping up with your one-on-ones and feedback. You can find out more by going to our website and putting in hashtag license in the search bar. Okay, so let's get into the examples of what you may hear from your directs. And the first one is explaining why. Direct wants to explain why they did what they did. You want to have a 10-second conversation, and they want to have a half an hour discussion because they want you to understand why. Because clearly, you didn't understand it as a manager, yeah. but they had they had good intent. Little did you know. Little did you know. <laughs> well, I call this the I don't care scenario. And um, it's right up there with my um, somewhat regular use of the phrase galactically stupid, which comes from the exceptionally well-written movie uh, of A Few Good Men. Yeah, and comes from... Tom Cruise, Lieutenant Caffey, uh, uh, says it, uh, unfortunately, in a very ungentlemanly way to Demi Moore. But this example about explaining why is the I don't care example, which is a different movie reference. And if you're thinking that because you're younger, Mike and I are 59 years old, you may think, wow, geez, you know, they don't know anything. Um, <laughs> to be fair, we might say the same thing for you, about you, but, but you might think that we're not very knowledgeable because our pop culture references are a little dated, but, um, and may, maybe you're right, but, but here, here's the, uh, the, I don't care analogy. And that is from the movie, the fugitive starring Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. When Harrison Ford, I, I don't think I'll be. Um, revealing too much is just getting ready to jump off the bridge, jump off the the dam into the waters below. And Tommy Lee Jones holds a gun to him and says, um, give me that gun. And Harrison Ford puts a gun down and says, I didn't kill my wife. And Tommy Lee Jones says, I don't care. Of course, because Tommy Lee Jones is to bring him in. He's not the judge. He's not the jury. He's the marshal. You know, he's going to get his man. Um, and that is classically how I feel. And by the way, to be fair, in the goodness of my heart, I don't care what your reasons were. I don't mean to be dismissive. Your reasons are not important. Companies don't pay. Customers don't pay. Uh, organizations don't benefit from people's reasons. We don't. We benefit at the nub of it, at the heart of it, based on people's behavior. More importantly, when someone tells you the reason why they did something, they're describing a rationale that is in the past. But the purpose of our conversation is the future. So here's an example. Your direct has missed a deadline. Some people give me a hard time about the deadline one, but I wish all my directs met all their deadlines. Um, and so I use that one as a, 
a reminder. It's also simple. If the deadline was Tuesday at four o'clock and it's Tuesday at five thirty or Wednesday at nine a.m., they missed their deadline because you don't have the stuff. Hopefully, you're smart enough to have said not only do the thing but communicate to me that it's done. And if you've done it but you haven't communicated it, then you haven't done it. And if that appeals to you folks, we have a podcast about that um, called "Assigning Work and the Reporting" that goes with it as well. Okay, uh, a simple example. You say to your direct, "Hey, can I share something with you?" The direct says yes. By the way, as an aside, for those of you who are advanced listeners who've been listening for years, I have a an extra credit question for you. Have you ever considered your directs giving your directs positive feedback just for the fact that they say yes? Hmm. I mean, it's okay to say no, but don't you like it when they say yes? Doesn't it make your job easier? Doesn't it make you think they're leaning forward and wanting more performance communications? Why wouldn't you want to give them positive feedback for that? So that said, can I share something with you? The direct says yes. And you say, when you miss a deadline, it slows down other people's ability to get their follow-on stuff done. And it slows down the project. Can you work on that? And your direct says, but Terrence didn't get me his data, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> and you go, oh. <laughs> yeah, own the inputs, chowderhead. No, that's not what you say. So what do we say now? The first thing you got to remember, folks, is what we don't do is attack the excuse. That might sound like, well, but you own the inputs. And if you don't know what own the inputs is, we have a podcast called Owning the Inputs. It's a critically important concept in organizational life, and almost nobody knows it, but now you do, and you can look it up on our website, go to the map of the universe and search for own, O-W-N, or input, uh, and it'll direct you to it. Suppose you did attack the excuse and said, well, but you own the input, so you're still responsible for the output, which is failure. Now your direct thinks that the issue of why he messed up, not owning the inputs, right, not, not going back and talking to Terrence, is what you're discussing. You're discussing what your direct brought up. You've abandoned the purpose of your conversation, the future, and now you're looking at the past and saying, okay, I want to tell you what the real, you know, I want to tell you, you're telling me the reason why you didn't do the thing. I'm telling you the reason why your reason is wrong. And we're literally moving further and further into the past when, in fact, the stated purpose, at least so we thought, was to talk about the future. We're not there to discuss the past. We're not there to argue about the past. We're not going to try to get the direct to relive the past. We're not going to have our direct thinking about talking about the past or that that has any value. We can't change the past. It's not the purpose of the conversation. Breathe in, breathe out, move on. Here's what you ought to say. And this will blow some of your mind. So you think if there's an error, it's your job to correct it. But I can assure you, that's not written down anywhere in the world regarding performance. Get out of your office, go outside when you're, so when your brain starts smoking, you don't cause the fire alarms to go off. Fair enough, partner. But look, some of you are going to hear this and just, you're, you're just, it's not going to be pretty. Here's our considered recommendation, which we have tested in the field, and it comes out as one of the best tests, depending upon how you deliver it, of course. And that was when your direct says, but Terrence didn't get me his raw data. You look at your direct and say, no worries. <laughs> yeah, what's your direct say then? I, I wish I had video at this point in the cast, because I'm holding my two hands in front of me with my palms down, chest high. 
and my middle fingers are pointing at one another. My elbows are out to the side like uh, like I'm trying to play a bird. Okay, but my middle fingers are touching each other, and my palms are facing down toward the ground as I'm standing up. In this case, I'm sitting. Okay, I want you to, if you move your hands further apart, so now there's like six inches between you and your direct. Okay, this is on, on the right is you, on the left is your direct. When the direct says, but Terrence didn't, or nobody told me, and there's a little bit of a tension in the voice, your direct is escalating. So now I want you to take that left hand of yours, and I want you to lift it up toward, your, toward the ceiling, say, six or eight inches. You've just had your first escalation in this conversation. Okay? You're the right hand, and you're down at ground zero. You haven't escalated. But now you think, ooh, my direct has escalated. He has forgotten, shame on him, that I'm here to talk to him about the future. And I think I delivered this pretty sweetly. I didn't have any tension or fire or hurt in my voice. But nevertheless, despite my near perfection, here he goes all super hot on me. I don't Time think that's very feedback. cool. <laughs> it's the, yeah, I, I think we need to show him who's boss. And so the manager escalates. And now you're raising your hand so that you're middle finger is above his. Okay. So now you're kind of making almost a triangle. I mean, you're not using middle fingers. It, it, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay. No, just, no. Just, I'm just giving you a, a reference point to measure. I get it. By. I get it. Just yeah. want to be clear. Okay. So you escalate and you say, well, no, that's not true. But now because of your behavior, you've told your direct by your example, you're the manager escalation is okay. And so they escalate a second time because clearly they escalated once, you escalated on top of them. Apparently, escalating on top of somebody else is a completely legitimate thing to do. They escalate again, and I can promise you folks, everything I know about interpersonal escalations is it is the second escalation where problems occur. That is where people say regretful things. That's where people say things that they can't take back when things are said in the heat of the moment, and it's awkward and embarrassing and sometimes career-threatening. There you go. And beginnings are delicate things, right? And that's, yeah. that's why this is important. <laughs> it does After the end of this and you walk away, neither your direct nor you are really interested in doing that again, and it's not good. Yeah, so when your direct escalates, you back away. That's why you say no worries. Wait a minute. I'm the boss, though. What do you mean? Yeah, I'm the well, boss. The reason we're doing that, well, if, if that's what you want to do, if you want to strut around saying, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, feel free to start your own little fascist, tyrannical dictatorship. And, and you know, great. But let's be clear. I would have been okay if you hadn't thrown in the fascist part of it. Yeah, well. <laughs> tyrannical is okay. Well. I'm sure there are subtle socio-political differences, but for all intents and purposes, most, most tyrannies are fascists. Yeah. We know that role power is only 5% of your total amount of power after all. It's just as, it's as if you're, you're wanting to stand on the most tenuous block you can stand on. And the other block that you can stand on, the one that matters, is trust. And, of course, you start yelling at other people, you, you destroy trust. So, if you say no worries the direct is unlikely to push back even harder. You've basically said, yeah, you took your shot. I don't want to have a conversation about this. Maybe you're thinking, next time we have a one-on-one, -on -one, I'll tell him, hey, by the way, dude, just so you know, 
when I tell you, hey, can you do that better? There's no need to give me a reason why you did what you did. My voice is basically telling you that this is not a big deal, and then you're trying to make it a big deal. You're sending a message, you're insecure, and it's not it's not becoming, basically. Um, so, our directs know, if we've told them, we've briefed them, that we're focused on the future. And we're saying, basically, there's nothing we can do about the past right now. You could also say, let it go. Again, we're saying, this isn't about the past. Also, you could say, no problem, or I get it, it happens. Say those with a smile and feel the tension melt away from your brief feedback exchange. Now, for those of you who are still churning about this, who's right, who's wrong, doesn't matter. The rightness and the wrongness are all directed in the wrong location, in the wrong direction on the timeline toward the past. Yeah. What's your desired outcome? My desired outcome is whether I win or lose in this conversation. I don't generally think that way. My desired outcome is different, more effective behavior from this person in the future. So therefore, in this situation, it would be that he meets his deadline next time. And he now knows about owning the inputs. I may remind him about it. Hey, by the way, here's a podcast that I think you ought to listen to about owning the inputs based on our conversation last week. You probably didn't know it. I probably didn't tell you. My fault. But you got to listen. And now you'll know. And if you have trouble getting Terrence to do stuff for you, let's talk about things you can do to improve your relationship or make sure you give him enough advance notice or whatever it might take. Right. When you're avoiding a conflict, you're avoiding the having an argument, right? So there's no argument to win, number one. But even if it were an argument, if you want to characterize it as an argument in your head, you lose the argument, but you win because you get what you want, which is they're likely to change their behavior in the future. Exactly. Okay, now, folks, if this one bothers you because you want to have the argument, then example number two is your head won't smoke. Your little, your head will just spin off your head. Um, and this is the example where they say that you're wrong. Yeah, so, again, uh, you're giving feedback, and you say, hey, can I give some feedback? Direct says, sure, boss, what is it? And you say, when you don't file our quarterly report, my boss sends me a nasty note about not getting it. And the direct says, but I did file it. So you've all, those of you who've used the model, you've all had this happen before. Uh, sometimes directs argue that what we said is just patently false. In the previous example, they're not arguing that they missed the deadline. They're arguing that it wasn't their fault. Okay. Now, most adults don't fall to the floor hit their fist on it and go, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. But professionally speaking, that's what the first example was. Uh, this example is you're lying. <laughs> you're wrong. You're an idiot. Okay. Maybe they did in fact file the quarterly report. Okay. Or met the standard that we said that they didn't meet whatever standard. You don't know that for a fact. What you have is two people. Let's assume that your boss said, hey, I didn't get your report this month. And your director is saying, oh, I totally filed it. Okay. What you know is you have two people disagreeing on something that matters. Okay. Here's the way to think about this. When your directs do push back and say, no, you're wrong. I did it. That's mistaken. Somebody's lying. Who told you that? Whatever. Remember. What happened in the past isn't going to change. 
And that's not the purpose of feedback anyway. Feedback is like jujitsu. Mike, you're going to have to help me with the martial arts. Which one totally uses the, ener- the energy of the opponents to, the, to your advantage? Oh, at the high level, all of them. But yeah, jujitsu, judo. Yeah, jujitsu is a good example. Okay, okay, good example. Where you don't actually throw punches or something, but... Yeah, 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 you re- redirect their energy. Okay. Um, as we've said many times, if we get into an argument with Arterax about the past, what makes us think that we can first win that argument... So therefore making our direct the loser and then drag them forward into a productive discussion about the future and have them hear us be encouraging about their future behavior. And the answer is, of course, you can't do that. It doesn't work and roll power, notwithstanding, it's not going to happen. So how do we respond to the person who says you're wrong? And the answer is we apologize. See, jujitsu, you weren't expecting that. So, I say, hey. They say you, we're wrong, and we know we're right, and you're saying to a high yeah. C that we got to apologize yeah, for something right. we know is right? Oh, God. Well, what do you want? Do you want to be right, or do you want to be effective? Oh, you would throw that at me, wouldn't yes. you? Uh, well, you're a high D, high C, so you're conflicted all the time. Yeah, it's a nut You want to be right, and you want to be effective. Yeah, so yeah, folks, this is this is hey, speak speaking of the guy who likes to be right, right, and be effective, but I like to be right. It's a hard one, and this is the way to go. It is so, so yeah, hard. choose effectiveness over rightness all the yeah, time, every time it'll ease your life enormously. Um, okay, so when the direct, when you say, Hey, when you don't file our quarterly report, my boss gets mad at me, and the direct says, But I did file it, you could say, I'm sorry. I must be mistaken. Apologies. No worries. Or you say, my fault. I'm confused. Or you say, oh, all right. I'm probably off on this. I'll check again. Now, look, we've learned again and again in our experience at Manager Tools and also in our data, even though it doesn't show up as a data point per se, that forgiveness is a huge part, not just of everybody's own individual mental health, but also something desperately wanted by your directs. Your directs want you to forgive them for their mistakes. Look, directs don't intentionally screw up. They don't do things in order to spoil things or to make things harder for somebody else. They had good intentions and the outcomes weren't ideal. And in this case, I suspect, and we'll talk about it in a second, it's entirely possible. I don't know what the percentages are. I don't have any data on it, but I think everybody could disagree about what the percentages are. But in some cases, the direct intended to do well, knew he hadn't, and yet still confronted with it, he lies. Because he's just so insecure. Oh my gosh, my boss found out, and I knew I should have done that better, and I didn't, so now I need to try to cover it up. And maybe he'll believe me, and then it's as if it never happened, as he can't sleep for the next three nights. I found as a manager, you got to be really careful about assuming ill intent on the part of your directs. Uh, look, if you wouldn't have ill intent, whatever that is they did, if you wouldn't have done it for the reasons you think they might have done it, then they probably didn't do it for those reasons either. We're not saints, and they're not saboteurs. We just let it go at that. Um Look, in situations where there is a disagreement about what happened, you've said he did. He said, no, I didn't, right? One of two things is true. Either he did do it, whatever it is we allege, or he didn't. So let's follow that to conclusion rather than trying to prove that we're right and crush them with our role power and say, no, I'm right, and you will agree. 
if they did, in fact, not send the report, which we accused them of, if you will, without an accusatory tone by giving them negative feedback, well, now they're lying. Okay? Now, you might think, ooh, that's even worse. Now I've got him. But generally, we don't accuse folks of lying because it's such a huge accusation without several ironclad examples. And there's actually some really good statistics, some studies of, of uh, uh, how much it takes us for us to believe that somebody is trustworthy, even when they're not, and vice versa. And frankly, even if you have ironclad examples, it's almost always true that there is another perspective that you could see where whatever the person did was they were not lying. They believed whatever it was they did was satisfactory, and now you're saying they didn't do it at all. Maybe they just were unsatisfactory. They emailed it to the wrong person, and they truly believed that they, in fact, filed that quarterly report. And again, it doesn't matter because our purpose is the future. So for now, let them fib. Now, look, here's why the fib is not important to you right now. If they did, in fact, not do the thing that you're accusing them of, they damn well know they did. And we're not really talking about what they did. We're talking about the future. And now they know that we thought that they didn't complete their objective. Even if they think they've fooled us, they know we somehow found out. They may believe that we accepted their excuse. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. But that opened a door. It's almost as if they were, they were screwing around and we caught them, okay? That will be a motiv motivator for them to not get caught doing whatever it is they did again. And let's hope that they choose to get it right rather than covering it up. But regardless, okay? Now, what's the other possibility? If they didn't do the thing, right? We thought that they didn't send the quarterly report they actually did, and our boss is confused. He called us, but in fact, he should have called one of our peers who didn't send their quarterly report in. Okay, if that's the case, we're just wrong. We shouldn't have given this guy negative feedback. And so what do professionals do when they're wrong? We apologize. It's simple. Okay? So even if we do apologize, we've sent a message encouraging better performance in the future. And look, apologize sincerely. Don't try to eat your cake and then have it too, right? Admit you're wrong, even if perhaps you weren't. That's what you want from other people when two people come to a door at the same time and you don't really, etiquette doesn't say who's supposed to go before whom. And so you, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, after you, right? That's part of the etiquette of human kindness, that is basically the grease that allows us to be in perpetual conflict with everybody around us and not kill each other. So, apologize. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy. And if they did it, if, if you were right and you've apologized, they're going to feel guilty and that will help them change their behavior. And if you're wrong, you should have apologized in the first place. Yeah. It's a no-lose situation. Yeah. And by the way, folks, my experience, a lot of managers, they don't want to give feedback unless they're absolutely 100% sure and can prove it in a court of law that the direct actually did whatever it is the manager wants to give them feedback on. And that 
alone prevents them from ever getting giving feedback because 90% of the time, you're not going to have absolute perfect certainty. Yeah, because I don't want to be wrong. And that causes them to avoid all third-party feedback where Mike is my peer manager, my best friend. I've known him for 40 years. He comes and tells me, hey, your guy, Smith, missed the deadline. And I say, well, I can't technically prove Smith missed the deadline. I don't know what kind of day Mike's having. Maybe he's got Smith. I can't, I can't give Smith feedback. No, actually, what you do is if I, the standard for third-party feedback is do I trust Mike? Do I believe what I'm being told is true? If it's true, I go give Smith the feedback. Now, it's possible Mike was wrong. And if that's the case, and Smith sincerely says, Mark, I'm sorry, I, I did, I, I did, I can say, ah, oh, you know, dude, I'm sorry. My fault. Mis misinformed. My bad. There you go. Okay. Or he says, I didn't do it. When in fact, he's lying and Mike was correct. Again, I say, oh, I'm sorry. Right. But now my direct knows. Mike knows he didn't do what he was supposed to do, and Mike told me, and he'll be motivated to improve. So, same exact thing. You don't need to have proof in a court of law. You need to have belief. That's it. There you go. Folks, if you're a director or above, or you're in HR or some organizational role, and you've been thinking about bringing manager tools into your organization, uh, something to consider is licensing our material. We arrange licensing for mid and large size companies on a regular basis. It saves the logistics, which get harder and harder every year because of the limitations of conference rooms and training spaces and so on. Sometimes it's hard to get us in there because of our schedules, because we stay busy. And you may find that um, your tailoring of our work to your culture will make you more effective and feel like you're having a greater impact on your managers. Either way, we want to help you spread our ideas as much as we can. So, Come to the website, check it out, or send an email to Maggie, M-A-G-G-I-E, at manager-tools.com. Okay, third and last example. I don't know how, right? I didn't know what to do. Sometimes that means they didn't know what to do, or they didn't know how. It also could mean I didn't know what the right or best thing to do was. For the people who are more logical, more of a planner of a person, not knowing the right or best way is akin to doing something wrong. If you don't know that what you're doing is right, then in a way, it's partially wrong. So for many people, as I alluded to earlier, doing nothing is better than doing a wrong thing. Even if somebody like me, who would be, most people would say I'm less disciplined than Mike, who's a high C and I'm a high I, I would just say, I don't care if I'm wrong. I just tried whatever came to mind. Now that to a high C, that's treason. To to a high I, it's like, well, you know, I don't know what the right thing is to do, but I know if I do nothing, I'm not getting anywhere. I'd rather get somewhere. I'd even actually, to some degree, rather try something that gets me going in the wrong direction. But at least I know now that was wrong, and I can change it. People are funny at times, uh, but the direct whose excuse and and folks, we use that word cautiously. It's just an easy word to come upon. Uh, the director's excuses they didn't know how can be frustrating because you want to say, well, dude, I'm here to help. Why didn't you say something? That's how you learn, by doing stuff you don't know how to do. But in both of those cases, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you come to me? Both of those responses are about the past and they're confrontational. When we give negative feedback, we are not confronting our direct about their mistake. We're asking for future change. 
That's the key. That's the whole key. And by the way, 15 years ago, when I first started presenting this stuff, well, we presented it before that in my previous company. But when we first started doing that, I didn't harp on this enough until finally I realized I wasn't saying it. And so people weren't hearing it. But basically, in this situation, we have two choices for a direct who doesn't know, um, didn't know what to do. Uh, first of all, we're giving feedback. And after the feedback is done, okay, then we're going to decide whether or not we're going to give some sort of guidance. We can either provide guidance on the spot or we can defer the discussion to a later time. Now, let's say I've got 15 minutes for our next meeting. And I assigned something to Mike that seemed simple and Mike didn't do it. And Mike comes back and says, you know, I didn't know what to do. And so I say, hey, can I give you some feedback? Mike says, yes. And I say, when you don't account for exchange rates in our overseas conferences, our budget isn't accurate. And Mike says, but I didn't know what rate to use. And I say, well, that's okay. Do you want some help? Because I have 15 minutes and I think, you know, how long a conversation is that going to take? Okay. Or I could say, when he says, but I didn't know what rate to use, I could say, that's fine. Do you want to talk about it right now? Or do you want to wait? No biggie. I want to help. That's one way to do it. Okay. Or you can defer. And by the way, this says nothing about if in your head you only have 10 seconds, you don't have to entertain it at all. If the direct asks, we'll come to the direct asking in just a minute. But for now, in your head, if you have time, you can offer. You don't need to. I would say for most managers, my recommendation, and you may disagree, and that's okay. I don't have any data on this one way or the other, but my recommendation is get out of that conversation so that you don't begin to associate feedback with coaching, so you don't begin to associate feedback with training. Otherwise, every conversation becomes 10 minutes long, and you start talking yourself out of giving feedback because it's gotten to taking 10 minutes when, in fact, mostly it should take 10 seconds which by the way is a 60x difference. I think 60x is worthy. No, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I'm generally in favor of 60x returns. It's not a million, but it's good. Yeah. It's good, you know, it's better than 1x. It's better than 2x, better than 5x, better than 10x, better than 50x. Okay, we could defer. And so I say to Mike, can I give you some feedback? He says, yes. And I say, well, you don't account for exchange rates, our but foreign budget on foreign conferences isn't accurate. And Mike says, but I didn't know what rate to use. And I say, well, that's okay. We can go through that when, it, when we both have a minute. Or I can say, it's cool, dude. Let's go over that next one-on-one. -on -one. Now, if Mike then were to push and go, no, 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 I'd like to know right now. And I say, well, unfortunately, you know, it's two minutes till two and I've got a one-on-one -on -one in two minutes. Or I've got my boss's staff meeting in two minutes. I'm going to be late. I got to go. Okay. And in both of these cases, right, it's just a slight modification if the direct after their rationale goes, I didn't know what rate I was supposed to use. What should I have done? Or how am I supposed to do that? Where do I get it? We don't, you know, right? You don't have to answer right now just because the direct asked. If you have two minutes, okay. If not, ask them to seek you out later or like in the example, suggest talk about it the next one-on-one. -on -one. Simple. Yeah, those are three good examples. Very, very common. Gets you probably out common, of common, common, eight, common. You know, eighty-five, yeah. ninety percent of the exactly. situations. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, what I do is I say to people, "Look, here are three common examples of stuff you're going to think about saying. I want you to know. Here's what I'm going to say in return. <laughs> Don't bother, dude. It's not a big deal. Whatevs. I don't think I've ever said that on there. 
Okay, so let me let me summarize. And it's awesome if you tell them what you're going to say when they bring it up, and you say it. There is a moment in most cases where you look at each other and you smile and just get a chuckle out of it and yeah. move on. And nothing like chuckling during feedback. Yeah. Well, imagine the direct going back to his or her colleagues and going, "You're not going to believe it. Remember how a Horseman said he would say this thing when I, if we ever push back on the basis of he was wrong. Yeah. What happened? That's exactly what he did. Man, it's like he remembers that conversation from eight months ago. It's almost like yeah, he meant what he said. <laughs> yeah, Go, exactly. figure. Go figure. Crazy. Not job crazy, Tim. Okay. So, summarizing. If you want to reduce the amount of pushback, the biggest lever you have is to brief your directs first. And they're going to be, they're, they're, they will push back less because they'll understand more the why. But it's still going to happen some. It'll happen more often, frequently. It'll gradually go away. But stay away from adjudicating the past and forgive or defer. All feedback exists to serve the future, not to adjudicate the past. Folks, in keeping with our tradition this year in 2019, I want to say thank you and give a shout out to one of our very, very, very long time listeners and licensees, Joseph Horner. Joseph has been with us since, I think, Christmas of 2006, and uh, we're thrilled that uh, he has been with us for this long, and we're thrilled that apparently we're giving him something of value. Joseph, thank you. I look forward to meeting you someday. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you all next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long. 